What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D Face in the building, bringing you guys back another episode. This time around, we're hopping back into the saddle. We got the full round table. All the boys have showed up today. SVG's on the mic, Panda's on the mic. Let's kick it off with Panda first, though. Panda, what's up, my bro? Hey, man, it's been a good week. Been a busy week, man. I told you in the last podcast, I'm back to content. The, the TikToks are flowing three a day. I mean, it's crazy the growth that I've seen just from doing Fortnite TikToks. I mean, the, the audience is there for sure. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I like what you're doing, by the way, with the themes, the, the color wave in the background. Mm -hmm. Very smart, um, you know, it, on brand. It, it, it's good stuff. Guys, check it out if you haven't already. SBG, my boy, what have you been up to? Last week you took off. What was it vacation time? What, what happened, man? Oh, I don't know. Did we take off? Oh, I went to Orlando. I did like a high school, middle school uh, LAN event. I got to host my first LAN. It was absolutely sick. Um, shout out to XP League and Full Sail for bringing me out there. But that's what I was up to this past weekend. And, you know, been doing my own podcast uh, along with this one. Nice, nice. Love it. And uh, I guess that is not a vacation, guys. He went to go work. That boy was traveling, doing <laughs> lands. We love to see that. We love to hear that kind of stuff. Definitely excited. And I remember, uh, yeah, my, my first land, it was it was crazy, too. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, maybe your experience and uh, yeah, what you took away from having uh, some people there to root you on. But before we get into the thick of it, thank you guys for downloading today's episode. Thank you guys for checking out um, our, our weekly podcast. As usual, if you guys have already been following along, Last week, we covered a bunch of topics. This week, we dropped the Practice Make Perfect pretty much return episode, episode 11 there. Hope you all are enjoying that content as well. That's our other podcast where we cover more general esports-related stuff. And, of course, sprinkling some more Fortnite perspective with my boy John Rush and other feature guests we have on there. But let's jump into today's stuff. Let's get right into the action here. Um, Fortnite, competitive. More changes have been made. Looks like the removal... Uh, their complete removal of NPCs and boars. And this is because Epic is trying to get a grip on server performance. Um, very drastic decision by Epic to completely strip away NPCs. We know how hmm, married to the idea they are to like keep these things in the game, keep them in competitive and kind of make it a part of the strategy, if you will, and mm -hmm. developing your, your success, your routes, etc. But they remove them because it seems like we haven't quite figured out the solution to get the servers into a stable performance leading into the uh, the FNCS this week, Panda. Yeah, I, w I was looking into it a little bit before this podcast, and, and Aussie Antics did a good video on it today. Um, it came out this morning, and he was talking about some of the ideas that he thinks could impact the servers. And obviously, it's the, it's the stuff that's kind of been proven, right? We all thought oh, cars were causing major issues with server performance. And and maybe it did to some extent, right? But even with them removed, we didn't see crazy upgrades to the performance. And then now the NPCs and boars are removed. Um, we didn't see, in my opinion, any server performance adjustments for, through yesterday's Cash Cup. All the, the, the plays that are the clips that I saw really showed that there's there's a bit of a struggle. There There was one clip that showed someone with lower ping, close to zero ping, that um, was able to function normally as everybody else rubber banded around them. But for the most part, the clips were pretty consistent. There was a lot of um, uh, issues for sure. Players kind of jumping in and out of boxes through walls and stuff. I mean, just madness. Yeah. Um, but he brought up a good point that 
the the he thinks the only fix, and this makes a lot of sense, is to lower the players that you put per lobby from 100 to like 70. That's really interesting because part of my or one of the tweets that I put about you know my perfect battle royale adjustments like comp did also involve having less players in the lobby. Um, my reasoning not really due to server performance. I think just due to give more space for players to get more loot so that they can battle it out on even grounds. That was really kind of my philosophy there. Um, mm. But I, I feel like the true correlation here is NPCs, boars, vehicles. These are items and things that are in the world that aren't static and they're interactable with. And it seems like that's kind of their first, I guess, list of things they are, they're looking to disable or remove from the game. Um, it, it seems like whenever we have those kind of things like things that are interactive or ever you know alive in the game right on their own timer that we have more issues uh, let's date back way back when when we had the big platforms in the sky um they had to turn those off after a certain zone because they were always active or you know moving and they were doing something in the game which was affecting the server performance it seems like that's where the stressors start to come in um obviously as the game has developed over the months and the years it's only become more and more complicated. There's more things to interact with. There are so many more, you know, nuances now that we have sliding. And again, all of these things have an interaction in the world. Even sliding creates a dust mechanic or like a visual effect. Like these are server performance things that the server has to read and translate out for the replay client, for whatever, however that ping right goes between player and visual and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think we're getting to a point to where there's too many features in the game and like literally the game can't keep up with it. This is mm. what will be the, basically the second season. We see the climbing and mantling mechanic along with, you know, the sliding and, and all this other stuff that's been brought into the game with sprint. Um, we might just be like at the quite literal peak. And I, I don't, I don't know what that means though. Like, I don't know how to fix this SVG. Any, any thoughts, any ideas where these problems might be stemming from? It's it's clearly not the loophole, right? They've kind of cut that down all the way down to the to bare bones. Like, how much more can we go? Yeah, I guess, like, the only other things we could take out is, like, the reality tree and the movement it provides, the geysers, the slipstreams, because, again, those are all things that are interactable with players, provide movement. But the same, like, those are things that I think are fair, balanced, should be in the game. So I don't mm -hmm. necessarily want to see them removed as far as reducing the number of players unless we change the number of players for storm surge i don't think that really is going to change anything say we even go down to 80 players we take 20 out okay maybe a couple people can test maybe 70 surge isn't a thing but 50 surge will definitely still be a thing in top lobbies same with 30 so i don't even know that that's the fix to it because ultimately the less players the less fights the less players that go down and then we're stuck with the same amount of people going into the end game which is where the majority of these problems happen even though it is like kind of early sometimes like you'll see a, a few clips in like second third zone someone's just rotating and it's like oh i, I can't move can't move okay well, can't build either ggs i think the thought is that if you lower it uh to like let's say 70 uh, the off spawn fights are going to be limited and there's less initial builds that are are put out into the server that have to continually communicate that they are there. And so, because, like, obviously, structures that are existing within Fortnite are automatically communicated that they're there, right? 
When you tear them down, they have to communicate that they're not there to everybody in the server. Same thing with builds. When you build a wall, it has to communicate to the server that that wall exists, and it like it communicates to the 99 of the players, 70 of the players, whatever the case may be. So if there's less built structures in the early game, it could cause less of an impact throughout. There was a world way back when, I don't know if you guys remember this, when the storm would destroy builds, literally mm -hmm. begin deteriorating builds. And the pro players hated it because end game, high ground, non-existent. Because everything the builds were connected to would literally destroy. Is there a way that we have that enabled for the early zones and then, you know, maybe disabled as we start adding, uh, getting into zone five or six maybe like you know kind of kind of towards the the tail end um because it i i do agree with you and i completely forgot about the way that interaction works but that is definitely one of the big contributors um and to sbg's point yeah you you how do you take away like geysers or like the tree movement etc like that's the identity of this season like it's kind of the the feel of the season you really do need them um on the map for the game to feel this way we're we're in a really interesting place. Obviously, we're just speculating on what could be causing the issues. Clearly, Epic has taken some action here, um, but it hasn't worked yet, at least from the pro player perspective. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is there's rotating POIs this season. And it's now two. It's likely going to be more. And that wasn't a thing last season. Server performance wasn't as bad. So if I'm looking at like the main difference, we're having now Logjam Lotus, which is swapping between four different POIs. Butter Barn swapping between four different POIs. Allegedly Sleepy's about to come. So I don't know exactly how this works, but that sure as heck can't help. That's That's got to be what it is, right? Maybe it's the coding behind how these lobbies are generated, and then that's just causing all types of things that aren't optimized. Um, which is interesting. I, I love the idea of the dynamic map, right? Let's just call it that. The same way we yeah. had the ship that would kind of float around on the outskirts and people would literally play their drop like that. The dynamic map idea solves a lot of, not necessarily solves issues. It kind of introduces and solves things at the same time, I guess. Uh, but it introduces this new dynamic of like, okay, if this is your drop spot, well, that's going to surely change how everyone around you needs to play when this drop is available. There's a new fight potential. There's a new contested potential nearby, right? Like, I, I love that idea. It creates a lot of, again, just, I'm just going to use the word dynamic. It makes the game dynamic. It makes it different um, because the pros have really gotten into this rhythm of, I'm claiming a drop spot. That's what I'm playing. And if, if I got a headband contest into this guy and, and come in 45th, well, that's what we're doing. That's my tournament weekend. They're content with that, which kind of sucks. Um, but the idea of things moving at least changes it up a little bit. Yeah, I think it's tough, right? I think our best way to compare if that would actually make a difference is look at the gameplay from yesterday and then look at the gameplay from early season. Because remember, in the early season, those those like dynamic POIs, like you mentioned, they didn't exist. So I'm curious to compare it to something like an eval or like a performance cup in the early season because I still feel like there were server issues in the beginning. Now, obviously, it could not... It could make it worse, right? But I still feel like there's something else root cause that we just, maybe we don't know because we're not developers, right? We don't know exactly what went into the code for the season, but there's something in this map, this chapter or this season 
that has created so many issues and it just seems to continually get worse. Yeah, it's probably some build up to like whatever the big thing in the end will be, but they're like piecing it into the game and it's like not optimized at all, but they're trying to hide it from the leakers because that's what they do. I don't know. It's weird. It's crazy. That's going to be our first topic of the day. Um, the servers, they're they're all over the place. We're so close to FNCS. This is like a huge red flag. Like when I say so close, guys, I'm talking like a week away. Very, very, mm -hmm. very close. Um, before you know it, we will be there. Uh, before we get to FNCS, though, we have some community cup. Shout out to my boys at Practice Server. We've been working on something really cool. We partnered up with FaZe Clan once again. Thank you, FaZe Clan, for just buying into our freaking crazy projects and ideas. Uh, this time, we get to step it up a further step. In the past, we've ran multiple League Cups. The goal being competitive. Let's focus on the comp community. Let's bring them something special from the scene. Um, we've only had 25 to well, we started at 10k prize pools got to 20k got to 25k uh for the first time we're breaking that threshold one step further again due to our partners at face clan and solar opposites we have a fifty thousand dollar tournament um i wanted to do something different this time so we are supporting the solo scene like i love solos everyone knows i love solos i managed to convince them that this is a good idea um probably not a good idea but i don't care i want to see solos so 10k <laughs> of the prizing is going to solos uh, 40k is going to duos. The prize is going to be pretty much distributed as two separate tournaments, um, all coupled together. We got SBG and Panda jumping on for the qualifiers to kick it off for us. So thank you guys for being uh, the casters to kind of launch off our event for the qualifiers. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited, man. SBG and I get to hit the desk yet again together. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's been a while since we got a cast together, so I'm super excited. Mm -hmm. And not only uh, Monster shared some of, some of the players that are going to be playing in this, so it's going to be some top-tier talent that we get to watch. Uh, I'm super pumped, and this is honestly one of the biggest third-party events we've seen in a really long time, so the players should be ecstatic that this is coming back, too. So shout-out to everyone involved. Yeah, the, the players honestly had a like pretty dope resurgence like within the practice server everyone's been super active you know chatting within one another so it's good for the NA East community a scene that kind of needed some revitalization if you will um and yeah this is our annual elite cup like we only put one maybe two if we're lucky on a year um and it takes us a lot of time to even get a partner obviously this is a, a big sell for us like 50k in prizing not including the production budget the talent budget etc three days of tournaments preparation like a lot goes into this we're talking a very very big activation for us so this is um it's my pride and joy man and it's only the start i'm hoping next year we could do like the elite cup on land uh you know you know we want to we want to keep stepping it up we we got to a new level here where you know obviously epic granted us this custom license because if you don't know to do a tournament with more than twenty thousand in prizing you basically need like you need the blessings you need the history you need the value for the scene and we've managed to get that proven through our hard work over the last couple of years so um look out for the league cup it's gonna be very fun the qualifiers are not just any qualifier by the way it's invite only like you have to be the best of the best we couldn't choose everyone so like literally the qualifier is kind of a super dope tournament in its own uh, it's gonna be six great games of um duos solos like all types of stuff it's going down so it's gonna be very very good um jumping into players that kind of are not going to be participating in our scene anymore unfortunately uh, Arkham and Rex have seem, seemingly been not playing Fortnite at all. Like, you have Arkham quitting the game without 
announcing he's quit. He's just been streaming only Valorant. Panda, you shared some mm -hmm. interesting statistics with me. Drop it on the viewers. Like, how long has Arkham played this season? Yeah, the stat was was out a couple days ago. Um, but Arkham collectively has played 12 minutes of season three of chapter Grinding. three. So, so clearly <laughs> uh, not going in his favor. Now, obviously, if if he's gonna react similar to the way that Rex does, they could both just show up on FNCS day and play FNCS together. Like that's very very possible. But like to to think that of Arkham as like a consistent pro player in the scene, it's just not there anymore. So it, it's very similar to the Rex situation where I think it, it will see him for the big tournaments. But outside of that, probably just gonna stick to Valorant. Which everyone knows like the fans of mine that follows like my vod review series back when i was doing it uh just about a year ago like arkham was my absolute favorite player to watch because he like as an igl as a strategist as an individual player i rank inside my top five whenever we kind of come up a list like if, and if i think of someone from the west it was like arkham like that that is my guy on the west like easily that's who i'm gonna pick even if his community kind of hates me, low-key. I forgot why. I, I said something about him, and they, they just do toxic. Kind of like a Clicks fanboy's rise. Uh, yeah, I got into a little thing with him, but Arkham is still my favorite. Um, like, there's something special about him and, and what he's capable of. Now, I think whatever he puts his mind to, he's going to do well. Like, Fortnite pros, to be at the top of Fortnite, let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. It's not just, like, good aim and, like, this or that. Like, you have to be mechanically gifted and what does that mean dude your brain just operates way faster than mine so i'll tell you that right now like it's just <laughs> just faster i don't know how else to put it but their processing speed of these fortnite pros is just incredible um and we had another big big our biggest announcement of, of a player stepping away from the scene alongside arkham whale or, or arkham whale arkham and rex here we had Benji Fishy. Benji Fishy put out a very heartfelt video about two minutes long. If you guys haven't watched it, go check it out. But essentially, he's thanking everyone in the scene, thanks Epic Games, um, and tells everyone he appreciates them. But he no longer has the passion to compete in Fortnite anymore. And he kind of felt that fire being you know, pretty much put out around about December or so. And as, as much as he's you know, put on his game face and, and try to put his best foot forward, um, in the video... It pains me to hear him say he never got that FNCS champion title. You know, that 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 big major win that he was hunting down. I think it's the accolade all pros, you know, wish to wish to achieve with their within their time in, in Fortnite, but um he quits essentially before getting that, which is super unfortunate. Uh but Valorant seems seemingly has gained a new superstar. because uh, he's uh mm -hmm. he's been popping off. He's yeah, gonna he's be very a great good. player too. Like there's no way you take the skill of a Benji and just don't translate it to whatever he wants to play, which is awesome to see. And, you know, he's already built that brand. He was one of the biggest faces. So dude could probably just turn on a camera and sit there and, you know, 5,000 people would watch yeah. him do it, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, good luck to him. And sometimes it's just time, right? You lose that passion. We, we've seen it with Zayt, Saf, some of the other top pros eventually. It's time to step away, go pursue something else. And these kids are so young. Like, Benji's not even, like, an adult yet fully, right? He's yeah. just a kid. He was so successful when he was young, and now he gets to pursue something that he 
hopefully enjoys. And if not, you know, we'll, we'll see him jumping around. Maybe he'll come back one day. We saw a little Zate return at one point, but uh, I don't know that that'll come back. Maybe a little yeah. Benji return, just like we've seen, you know, Tifu and some of the other guys come back uh, after some time. Yeah, I think um, in Benji Fish's, Benji Fish's situation, I don't think he has to, right? Like, if he decided today that he didn't want to do anything with gaming anymore, he's easily made enough money through sponsorships, prize earnings, exclusivity deals. Like, he can literally survive for the rest of his life, not have to worry about anything else. Um, but he loves gaming, and, and that's why you see him move on to a different game and, and continue on. And man, I just got to say, I watch his Valorant streams, and this man is nasty like yeah. it is crazy how easily he was able to just slide into this yeah and the cool part about that he's not the first fortnite pro to translate his skills over to another game title um he's probably within like about 10 or so to already do it and find success in valorant um granted he is just beginning his journey his transition so his road to professional player if he continues down that route you know, it's still a little ways away. Uh, luckily for him, he does have the backing of NRG, and they're they're not going to let go of their golden child of Benji Fishy. If anything, they're probably more happy that he's on a game like Valorant because the viewership and, and that fandom that's following the Valorant scene is hot right now, um, and it's only going up, and you see it in the land tournaments and everything that they're putting on. So um, I think NRG is probably more excited that Benji is looking to do stuff in the Valorant space. It's going to bolster up their entire roster. Um, and continue to allow them to find success. And yet, you, we talk about people that literally have quit in the past and don't have to work another day in their life if they really didn't want to. I mean, Tifu is amongst those guys. He's been playing Fortnite. We're just, you know, kind of gibbering about how he's putting up thousands of dollars a day right now. He's looking to do that just to pay his community to scrim with him so that he can participate and compete in other zero-build tournaments where... The, the investment doesn't make any sense. He's losing much more money than he would even win if he took a win at every major tournament. But it feels good for him. It's what he wants to do. And he's got the filthy money to just do those kind of things. Um, and it was uh, quite the dynamic, him being on the call with like Nate Hill and Zemi, who are successful. And yeah, they may have money, but they don't have like Tifu money, like $3,000 a day to just burn and give to Chad. And you know what I mean? Like you, got, you had to hear them trying to consult him against this whole idea. Like, yo, bro, they will play for free. Like, what about just like $50? Like, he's like, no, nah, but like, and they're like, dude, but you're paying as much, like you're paying more than a cash cut. And Tifa's like, yeah, exactly. Like maybe Epic will just pay me then to do some. I was like, dude, Tifa's crazy. So yeah, we, we have some fun stuff in the space. Um, It's clear that Fortnite is a very, very special game. As much as Tifu has had his history of bad mouthing the game. And, you know, we all know deep down inside, he loves the game. And it's clear. He's back for zero build. He's got that itch. Uh, it happened with Ninja. It continues to happen now with him. We see it with Nick Merckx. Um, I mean, Aiden just commented on a post for a tournament we're working on. And he's, like, talking about he wants to come play zero build Fortnite, too. So, you know, it, there's something very special about Fortnite. And it'll continue to be that. Um, but with that being said, that's, like, our zero build. And, you know, th th that's a whole different side. Jumping back into, like, arena and competitive and stuff. Let's talk about how the arena threshold essentially had some adjustments, right? We talked about, I think, about two episodes ago. They hinted at this new MMR, and we're kind of on the fence. We're skeptical. What is this going to do to the game? You know, only time will tell. Well, two weeks have passed. First cash cup came. The threshold was champions, and it turns out 
Not many people hit champions. But more importantly, SBG, I'm going to give you the floor really quickly. Talk to me about what that arena grind was like, at least in the early stages, right? Um, because it, it wasn't what players thought it would be. It wasn't what we thought it would be. I think it kind of surpassed maybe some of our, our thoughts and expectations because it seemed, seemingly gave people challenge. So the big adjustment is changing most of the points to first and second and then reducing the Elim points over time, right? So it's not as easy for, let's, let's say from a, a pro player perspective, just to slay out a lobby get some placement along the way and you're dropping 20 bombs and you know, you do that for an hour or two and then you're halfway to champs. It, it declines over time. So it made the arena grind a little longer than some players may or may not have liked. Um, I kind of enjoyed it. And even so right before the duos cash cup, which was contenders requirements. And then right before the solos cash cup, which was champs requirements. So Hold on, let me just put this in perspective. Arena reset on June 21st. The first Duos Cash Cup was on the 25th. So four days. Well, technically five, because you get most of the day to then play the Duos Cash Cup. That was contenders. You need 4,000 points to play that. Then on Monday, so less than a week later, you need champs to play the Solos Cash Cup. So there wasn't a ton of time, and that meant if you didn't grind the game and at least play, let's say, 8 to 10 hours, if you're you know a high-level player playing trios, slaying out lobbies, you were not in champs. So it took time, it took some effort, uh, and that's ultimately what led to some better games over the weekend. Now playing today, it's back to, you know, you, you see first zone close and there's like 22 people left, and it's just free placement if you don't get into a fight, but... For a small period of time, we saw a decent arena structure. Now, do you think the solution here to continue to keep the quality of the game is to say, okay, next cash cup, new threshold, 10,000 arena points. Like, do we keep pushing that ball along and forcing players to continue to focus in on how many arena points they're working on so that we incentivize players to compete throughout the weeks, maybe even participate in the hype cup, take it a little serious to earn those hype points to kind of boost them up like is that a way that we structure this to be more fair or do we just forego the entire idea because you know that also kind of bridges us into this infinite loop of like oh man here we go again i want to compete next week i gotta like play regular games like like where, where do you think we can improve to maybe you know make arena a little more competitive because after you do your first stretch to champs that's really it right everyone gives up yeah. like you said Nobody's touching Arena after they make it to champs, for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's certain people that will try and grind it out. You know, Bronos going for a million again. <laughs> um, but really, there's no point to play champs after you reach it unless you enjoy it, which, you know, is kind of fun to play here and there. Ultimately, I think you got to look at, like, Arena as the issue, not as, like, changing the bar as a, a fix. You have to complete and fix the actual arena structure rather than try and, you know, just raise a bar to try and, you know, band-aid this current arena because, like, that's the issue, right? People just want a key. There's no real placement-heavy arena structure that we've seen, even though it's slightly better now. It's still not, obviously, enough for people to care. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they continue to raise it, but we know Epic loves to see their, their player numbers up. And if you're going to gatekeep people, that's not going to 
continue to get them where they want to be unless, you know, arena continues to stay higher and higher because of that. So there could be a world, but I don't see it working that way. Yeah. I I think there's two perspectives to look at this, right? So going from monsters perspective of, of raising the bar, I, I think is unique. I think it could provide some, um, some value in the quality of games, but I think the initial period definitely would have to be more than a week. You need two weeks to get to champs initially and then every cash cup following maybe an extra thousand points, extra 2000 points, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that will, that will kind of help a little bit. I think the bigger issue is when you do something like that and you take the pros away or focus away from scrims and stuff, and you focus their energy on arena. I think the overall quality of player begins to diminish because they're not, because arena, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you change it, how many times you shake it, it's not going to become um, as competitive and as efficient as a scrim server would be. So like West Opens, for example, we were just talking about it before this, like the quality of those games in comparison to the quality of an arena game is vastly different. No matter how you, you change arena, I don't think it'll ever hit that quality level. So I think that's the one thing that would suffer from something like oh thousand point threshold has to go go up every every time for a cash up but then on the flip side i think the same thing would happen too if you make arena similar to like apex where you have like a predator ranking that if you get to your like top 750 in the world like if if you create again too big or too too tough of a a climb to get through the ranks that will also cause issues and and like SVG mentioned, I, I'm pretty. It's pretty obvious that Epic Games loves to see thousands and thousands of players play in their events, and that's how they gauge the success in it. But in reality, through like a, a proper competitive scene, that's not really a great gauge for that. So obviously, the goals are a little bit different between what the competitive community would need to thrive and, and what Epic wants to do. But I mean, that's just how it happens sometimes. I, I really wouldn't mind like if. So when you look at a game like Counter-Strike, they have like this totally separate track, like Face It. And Face It has its own administration team, its own kind of, you know, ecosystem and infrastructure to their ranking. They literally have their own rank system. It's kind of what Practice Server was at the beginning. You had open scrims, you had challengers, gold, etc. You worked your way through our own private ranking system, and it was great. But the problem, we never, and to this day, still don't have much customization much flexibility right we can't really change the game we are working so limited like literally working within these very tight parameters that epic has kind of allowed us to operate within um which is the custom matchmaking hub and that's it that's all we got just custom matchmaking hub and you choose your game mode and we've gotten very creative to create a ranking system behind that now this is the dream one day. Some of those creative ports will come on over to just the custom matchmaking and just let us do it and just see what happens. Because I think at that point, like you said, it, maybe it doesn't have to ever be in the game. Face it is not in Counter-Strike. It's just on the side. And it does totally fine and people love it. And it's the norm. Like the practice server, West Open, Vital Scrims, uh, uh, Noble Scrims on EU. Like all of these tracks, Oceana's um, Mayhem track that they have. Like all of these different third parties that cater to the regions um, can absolutely be their own, you know, recognized thing in their region or even internationally and be successful.
but the problem is we are limited. So I think there is a world where Epic never does anything, but maybe they finally give us the creativity or the freedom to kind of explore these different things. And and that could be the difference maker right there. So we'll see. Um, we're, we're just shooting at or grasping at stars here, kind of feel <laughs> things out. Um, because Serena, it's been it's been in this weird spot for years now. And you know, yes, we've seen some changes. I mean, I'm pretty sure the pros still hate having their points get reset. Um, maybe now they look forward to the race, or they want it reset at the drop of the new season, so they don't have to wait. Basically, is, is kind of the argument, I guess. So you know, there, there's a lot of things that could change here. Still haven't quite gotten them. I don't think we'll ever get them. But while we're on the talk of the champs requirement to solo cash cup, I want to talk about the solo cash cup itself. Let's talk about the actual reactions from our competitors. It was clear that. Well, we had lag. I saw a Muzz clip posted from NAE's comp report. The boy was sliding everywhere. It was bad. We kind of briefly touched on how server performance has kind of bled its way into competitive, and it continues to, to do that. Um, but, you know, we have now the reactions coming out. The tweets are out there. The messaging is there. And, I mean, people were upset. Once again, it's kind of just the state of the game. It I, is. I got receipts for you, Panda. Let me just read the receipts oh, and read then the I'll receipts. let you read go ahead. <laughs> so this is post-Solo Cash Cup Finals. G2 Jack, or now just Jack, I guess. FNCS in nine days and servers have never been worse. 33 Acorn. Honestly, server lag is so bad, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's time for Fortnite competitive to be all no-build. Scented. Fortnite competitive. Please get rid of this terrible spray meta we've been playing since the beginning of Chapter 3. And lastly, Senta's former teammate. The state of the game right now is actually so effing terrible. It's crazy. Anything even remotely fun to do is bannable. Wagers, sub-customs, and arena is not good. Any tournament <laughs> is laggier than ever. Nice job at Fortnite competitive. Some of those All words right. may or may not have been changed. <laughs> I mean, look, um, honestly, in the past, we, we've seen uh, pros complain about things and sometimes justify, sometimes not. But I think when it comes to server performance, th that complaint is, is very justified, and especially with some of the clips that I was seeing for, from players that natively have lower ping, um, not having the the full effect that some of these other players are having with the rubber banding effect but whatever the case may be i don't i don't think there's an easy fix for fortnite either i don't think epic can just flip a switch and all of a sudden server performance is better i think it's a long-term play that, that could potentially take them years to accomplish whether it's establishing their own servers um creating some kind of ecosystem that that overall works better for the game i don't know whatever the case may be it would take quite a bit um, to, to just instantly fix server performance. But what they should do is they should analyze what changed going into the season because there definitely has been increased um, performance issues for sure, like we talked about before. But another thing that, that we kind of need, need to touch on is that comment of, hey, we're nine days away from FNCS, right? How is this going to affect FNCS? And the one comment I do want to say is despite the performances we've seen in cash cups, I feel like FNCS servers are always better. I don't want to to go into this stating that I think FNCS is going to look the exact same as cash cups. However, it's still concerning, obviously, for the pro players that are playing through these cash cups 
how is it going to impact other events similar to FNCS? Like, uh, I try to speculate, I swear, every time about the FNCS servers. I've come up with a new idea. I think they're mm -hmm. just, I think, I think the servers that they use just have more, literally more memory on them. You know how, like, you could build a map and, like, a map? So, like, I've been messing with Unreal Engine, so I'm kind of understanding new stuff about this. But, like, the canvas in Unreal Engine, you can expand it or contract it. I swear, I think the servers that are publicly used because of, like, the international infrastructure is, is done a certain way. And when it comes to FNCS, because they know there's going to be a very small amount as we get to the finals and things, there, there has to be some different, bigger, more just efficient servers. Um, in yes, we see it every single season. Um, you guys just reminded me though, just talking about servers and, and talking about, yeah, all this chaos. I mean, yeah, with our elite cup right there, I'm, I just typed to the boys like, Hey, by the way, can we just make sure all the players like know that we are totally acknowledging that servers might just be horrendous during this, uh, customs. Cause we are kind of landing in a bad timing, which is so unfortunate. It's like the biggest thing we've, you know, put on to date, but it's also like this terrible timing with all these weird server thing so hopefully this friday by the time we kick things off uh it it's good enough i mean we'll make it look good whatever but it, it kind of has to be good we and we want it to be mm -hmm. good so i'm letting them know like yo let the players know don't go to socials and complain please it's not going to help me or the sponsors <laughs> like if we want cool things yeah keep your cool so <laughs> we'll see man um because yeah you know it affects cash caps clearly it's going to affect customs like it's, it's just where uh where the game is um and and this is taking us right into the FNCS. Let's lay down some early early thoughts, early predictions as we start kind of ramping our way in, um, kind of kicking it off. I'll, I'll be completely blunt. I haven't really checked out who our teams coming into FNCS are, as, at least for NA East. Um, I'm about to just basically pull up Fortnite Tracker and see what's up. I know Sentinel and Cold kind of kicked things off. They popped off. I know I saw, like, um, I think Death and Tabnate. You know, I've seen a couple teams continue to pair it out, which is really cool. I'm kind of excited about that. But I'm sure there's going to be some new folks in there. Um, anyone here ready to take a quick prediction? Put your hand up in the air just so I know who to start with. Panda's ready. All right, I'm going to give it a Panda. I'm going to go to Fortnite Tracker and see what's up. Go ahead, Panda. All right, listen. I, if I bet against my boys Malibuka and Mustache on EU, that's a problem. So I'm rooting for them to do well. I think uh, th they're... They're waiting for that breakout moment, and I think this season could be that for them. NA East, I haven't followed enough. There's too, it's too hard on the Twitter timeline to, to keep track of what's going on there, especially even, like, I think there's teams breaking up and changing as recently as, like, yesterday. Same thing with EU, by the way. Like, I think Aqua has re-retired temporarily, by the way, due to hand injuries, and Vino just found another teammate, so that's a big change. Um, but NA West, obviously, is where my focus is at, always will be. And uh, for NA West, it's Epic Whale and Reet. Like, new team. They've dominated every event. There's no question that, they, that they're going to be a tough competitor going into the season. Snacky Favs, obviously, will be great as well. Um, Batman Bugo switched up his teammate. I'm not sure the teammate um, off the top of my head, but that's going to be another team to watch out for. And then Midi and Moose. Um, on West. So all great teams. And I know Captor is looking to um, work with a West team this season. And I think whatever team that he works with, if he obviously if he works with the right team, of course, he could take them past Epic Whale Reed, past Snacky Fabs. It just really depends on on which team he ends up working with. So I'm excited to see how that ends up playing out. All right. So EU, 
we, we did see it looks like Aqua's having those hand injuries again. But Vino and Queasy have now teamed up to former or the former former FNCS winner and the now the previous or current FNCS title holder in Vino. So those two coming together, I think that is a beautiful combination. They they play a similar play style to what they played with their former duos. We have Queasy who loves to play height and IGL, similar position to Aqua, now has Vino instead of Hen. Not not saying those are replaceable fraggers, but they're both crazy in their own right, which I think will be another great duo than obviously whoever Tayson and Thomas HD play with. Maybe they'll wind up playing together. Those are some sick duos. NA East is interesting, though, because like you mentioned, there's a lot of changes in NA East, but then you have Cold and Scented. I would say that they, they could win this FNCS, but they just won the first cash cup of the season, which is a curse. No one's ever done first cash cup win into then FNCS win. So GG's guys, second place again. Yeah. Uh, we have Booga Miro, never going to count them out. But two teams I'm really looking at that I think are going to be super strong this season that are like new. You mentioned the death and tab day. I really like them and if they can get Coney all to themselves without stretch and commandment fighting them every game in finals, they'll be playing super well. And the other one is Peterbot and Rokane. Rokane's like one of those silent killers that's just like a veteran in the scene and you don't hear about whatsoever besides on leaderboards. The only time he like ever pops up is on a leaderboard and it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm great. It's all right. Just, just leave me alone. Let me do my thing. And Peterbot is the new guy on the block that's just absolutely incredible. So I want to see those two do well. That that's my my two NA East guys, and Panda already took all all the ones on West. <laughs> on <so>. West. <laughs> West is West is the top heavy region. Just kind of touching base on some of the interesting things you pointed out with EU. Besides the drama between Aqua and Vino, which is like a super unfortunate breakup between those two guys. Um, just really bad timing for Aqua right now. And it, it put it into perspective for you listeners. It's got to be really severe for the player if he's like dude i can't compete like it's affecting his literal performance so much in fact he has to drop his teammates so that his teammate can have um better chances this season well this is the second time this has happened mm -hmm. back in i think it was stark season aqua had to take a break for a little bit because he was having hand issues so it's clearly been a, a regular thing for him and, and he's not the only player like we've seen zextro have hand injury issues um it, it, we've seen there was it was somewhere uh somewhere else was it Ghost Camo or no Isa excuse me Isa yeah, in the yeah. past literally had to retire for a very long time only now I think he's touching and dabbling with like Fortnite zero builds less demanding and stressful on the hands so um yeah you know we we've seen stress injuries happen in the past um that's why you know there there are literal medical doctors in our space like within the Fortnite community that kind of almost strictly do hand warming exercise and you know just give tips about hydration you know the simple stuff but it's important player health is important um but to touch on thomas hd in particular he performed pretty well at dreamhack sweden um he was up there you know so far in fact that the memes were out there like people are gonna look at his pc make sure he's not cheating and all this weird accusation stuff that he had kind of floating around was pretty much all snuffed out after he had like a good qualifying round i'm not sure where he finished in the finals if he actually performed up towards the top but I know for the most part that there was like a lot of controversy around Thomas HD because of how consistent he's been for so long. And yeah, it just turns out he's just damn talented. And then he pops off, wins the first <laughs> cash cup. So that's exciting to see. Um, Pink, 
since he's not going to NA, right, is staying in EU, obviously he has to find a duo. He's played with Hen during this last um, Cash Cup here, which is really cool too, because Hen is very consistent no matter who the teammate is. But it's always been that question of like, is it Queasy or is it Hen, who's like the carry of the two? I think both of them are both exceptional. So this season is going to be a very telltale season for us i think there's almost going to be a rivalry between hen's final performance and queen's final performance to kind of continue that narrative that we've seen go down so i don't have a particular pick there but i'm definitely watching what's developing with the teams on eu i think it's super interesting for na east however as we jump over to na east this space is kind of all over the place our list as of right now with at least the cash cup basing it off the cash cup there's a lot of Plenty of notable names in here, but there are so many more people that, like you said, are those silent sleepers, those killers that have been in this space for so long, but finally now the big boys are kind of simmering down. The, the talk is no longer about stretching commandment. Like their last season performance, like finishing 50th or whatever, like down at the bottom because they're not taking the game serious. I haven't seen them continue to scrim or do anything this season. Yes, Stretch was vocal about he's going to step it up because he feels like lands are coming back and he wants to be that guy again. But I don't I don't see the performance, right? The action isn't there. So the conversation isn't based around those guys. It's based around, like we mentioned, these new guys of Peterbot, of uh, Rokane, of like Iyamso, Nut and Chucky have space, Death and Tabnay, Dgen is continuing to kind of, you know, solidify himself in the space. He's playing with dubs, which is really cool. Um, to see that go down, but like you have like Bank Teller, right? You have TK and Ritual. Don't sleep on Ritual. Dreamhack Dallas winner. He comes within the top 15, not too bad. Just looking at his overall performances, he had several top tens. Looks like he was contested off the gate for his game one, so that bleeds heavily into his uh, his overall points. Probably could have finished well within the top ten, but there are some players here to definitely look out for. Our new horizon of players is sort of like just there. They're starting to peak their way. It seems like they they popped their head into the door, if you will. And uh, a lot of these guys are willing to kick that door down. So I think this season, we're going to see the continuation of newer players that have continued to make headlines, but that consistency will probably push them over that that ledge, right? Push them into that room um, to continue that analogy. So I think NA East is going to be very interesting this season. And there's there's a lot to really think about here. But it's more so, to me... I don't know what the landscape is going to look like at the end of FNCS. I don't think it's going to be veterans. I think it's going to be more pop-up performances like we saw with Peterbot last season and the um, the Collider kind of just coming in hot and the drop spot just making it just drop like drop spot. You had launch pads and you saw what happened. Like they, they were just it. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to see that this season. I would agree. I definitely think it's, it's a new man's game at this mm -hmm. point with all the the veterans in the space lacking that same drive. There's always going to be that that new new person, and that's you know what we see in a lot of esports and a lot of sports in general. There's always that that guy that's next up waiting for their chance, and you give them a little bit of space, they're going to take a mile and go and try and grab whatever they can. It's cool to see, but it's also you know a little sad. Like we talked about earlier, Benji quitting, going to Valorant, Ark and Rex may not be grinding, so. As someone who's followed the space, you know, I, I love the old guys. Oh, quote unquote old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All younger than us. The, yeah. The young old guys. <laughs> <laughs> the like 18 year old old guys. Um, and, and it's like memorable you know they all have those moments where you're like oh dude remember when benji popped off as a solo in dreamhack or 
Arkham was finding zones and nobody ha- had any idea how he was always in center of zone of every zone. But, you know, now there's the new guys, the Peterbots, the Yamzos. It's awesome to see them, and now it's their legacy that they get to continue within competitive Fortnite. And we could just be going through our first, like I said, that that's the first generation of player. We're in the second generation of player, essentially. Um, Fortnite's been around competitively for about three years or so, or like we're leaning into three years. So that's, I, I think, about right. Sounds about right to me. I mean, anyone who competes in any one space for three years at the top of the caliber I mean, you're going to have some wear and tear. You're going to have some mental burnout. You're going to have that fatigue. I don't know what the stat is for any particular sport. Maybe SBG has this. You do sports. But, like, there, there has to be some kind of science behind, like, peak performance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I got you. So, for the NFL, the average lifespan of a player is about five years if you're drafted, right? So, five years is about right. Uh, I think... World Cup was about three years ago, almost to the date. So we're we're getting pretty close to three years of like full on competitive. And there's those few events in lead up to World Cup. Um, so almost four. This makes sense. You know, players starting to, to wind off. And it depends on like you talk about specific positions within football. A running back has two to three years before they're out of the league. So, you know, maybe there's even some difference between IGLs and fraggers. I'm not going to start going into that, but <laughs> they have different lifespans based on where they're at. That would be an interesting stat. I think I think the data is there to put something cool together. It's a stretch, of course. We're, we're reaching here, but it's kind of not, though. There's like some some correlation, like you said, that fizzle off. It is bound to happen. That turning of the new leaf, it is bound to happen. Um, Like anything. All, all good things come to an end, right? And you kind of hit your transition point. But yeah, the game's been around for five years or so. Competitive has been around, like you said, inching his way around that four to three years at the hyper-competitive mark. Um, looking at the list today, right? The most recent cash cup. There are tons of names on here that have been here for that long. Hold, Dubs, Mackwood. Um, I'm just flying down here. Kanata, Agers. Like these, these guys on this list, that's just within the top 15 of player, I'm sure there's more on here, have been competing for that long, right? Like, as long. So, it, it is bittersweet, but this new era, this is why we really have to embrace them, and there's no denying that these guys are up if they can continue to push through this. Again, this is the hard part. You gotta, like, out-survive, basically, the fizzle out of the, the old big dogs, and you become, you know, the, the, the new big dog, essentially. So, um... We're in very interesting times, and we're almost to the end of the year, right? It's summertime, so we're, like, right dab smack in the middle. This FNCS is going to happen. Land's going to happen, and that land is probably going to be it. The solidifier, the new um, a roster shaper, right? Like, all right, who, who are we looking at? Who's going to be the new guys leaning into what will be the 2023 season? So it's uh, it's exciting. It's bittersweet. It's a little bit of everything. It's kind of, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence here. I don't know who is going to come out on top. Um, all I hope is that players stick around with the game um, because it, it has come such a long way. And this last year, I think our development of competitive has moved so much faster than arguably the, you know, three years combined, right? Like we've had so many changes and like tons of good changes um, down to, I mean, going, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but the consistent game mode for the full year, right? We got to see that with trios. Now we get to see it with duos. The Players hate it. Do the do the commentators hate it? Do we love it? Like SBG? 
I love consistent game modes. I have been seeing, I think it was Miro posted, like, next year, let's go back to the changing game modes. Um, no, next year, let's go back to trios for the year. That's what I'm saying. You want trios, Panda? Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'm indifferent, right? I, I think trios is probably the most competitive game mode. Um, but I also saw the end of last year where everybody got burnt out on trios. And I feel like that's going to happen with every mode, right? So what if they did a biannual mode? So two seasons in duos, two seasons in trios, whatever the case may be, like split it by the year. And then mid-year have like a like an invitational, right? Or some kind of like in-person event that that like solidified who was the best of, of duos and then do the same thing with trios the second half of the year. And at the end of the year, like November, like they're doing this time, um, have an invitational that solidifies who's the best of the best in trios. You know, the real reason why it's been, I think, harder for players to pop out this last year is because we lost the DreamHack solos track that we had. DreamHack solos mm -hmm. literally allowed us to look at players like Miro, you know, find players like Marine once again, find players like... Um, oh my gosh, on EU. What's his name? It's the German dude. He's crazy with it. Noah O'Reilly? No O'Reilly Vadil. Um Rezon. That's who Rezon. You're That's right? who I'm looking at. My yeah. boy Rezon. I made so many videos on him because it was just so clear this guy was insane, but he could not have a team that allowed him to show that off. It was when solos were a thing. He was able to stand out. I think this year it's been hard for us to like, how do we know who's going to be that pop-out person? We only know when they're attached to a scented, like cold, right? Like, okay, we got eyes on you now, buddy. Let's see what you're worth, right? Okay, uh, Bucky, you got Cam 1X. Who's Cam 1X? Okay, let's look at Cam 1X, right? It's like, it, it's taken only that to really push these players over the board and put them in, in front of our attention. And that's because we don't have a true solos major like, like we had last year. Like last year, we had major solos tracks, which I think was really, really cool. So, leading into New Year, my hope, give Practice Server a million dollars. Let us create uh, <laughs> five, <laughs> five tournaments for you guys uh, to focus on solos. I want them to be majors. Uh, two of those, they'll be lands. Don't worry. I'll just make the budget work artificially. And, uh, you know, we need solos. That's all I'm saying. Like, give it to a third party. Let, let someone else do it. I think... Also, perception-wise, a third party needs to be the people running those solos because when DreamHack was doing it, it just felt different. It felt prestigious. It felt new. And sometimes that's all it takes for everyone to kind of focus in and, you know, kind of reset people's mental um, so that we could separate FNCS season, which is obviously as serious as it gets, but also, like, whatever else is coming to the space. This can be serious, too, and to take it seriously. Yeah, I, I think um, having that third party consistent tournament is definitely a gaping hole in the community. And I think it's driven a lot of people to, to kind of wonder what they should be doing. Right. We, we see a lot of uh, people like switching to like the lightning cups and stuff. We even see pros playing like hype cups because they want something to do to do. Right. But when you don't have a, a dream hack, something that's separate from the two round cash cups, it, it really is kind of a divide between who's next up and, and who's here already existing and still and still thriving and doing well because like monster mentioned most of these big names they found teammates through solos they would watch solo players performances and they'd be like yo let me hit up him because he just won uh, the solo opens or for dreamhack or whatever the case may be so look I, i'm all about it give practice server 
Ten million dollars. Don't don't just settle for one monster. You, uh, need you know, it's so funny. I said that. And I was like, I should ask for three. But you know, I'll take ten too. <laughs> I'll take ten too. That's that's even better. But I, I'm I'm with you. I agree. I think we need. I think I think we just need more. Um, and like I said, I think perception, which is like an interesting thing, but I think it, it's perceived differently when different people are coming into the space. Um, and and we kind of I want to have that again. I don't care who it is. Like I'm joking when I say me, but. Like, I want it to be DreamHack. I want it to be anyone that is just not Fortnite, not something called a cash cup. Like, let's make it different. Let's give it something different, give it a different identity, and allow players to pop off. Like, DreamHack Dallas was really cool. I'm so happy that we have someone like Ritual who's, like, you know, able to thrive off that. He's now approaching, I think, almost 10,000 followers on Twitter. Like, he didn't, he barely even had anything right before that. Maybe two or 3,000. Like, I think he was at, like, 1,000. Look at that. Like, yeah. he, he was so small. He's grown 10x since winning that tournament. Eyes are on him, and he's now inside the top 15. Now we have something to speak to about that. So, uh, these are the cool things going on. Our episode's starting to approach that one hour mark, though. So, we are hitting it off here. A lot of speculation in this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed all of our theory crafting. Uh, sometimes we do, you know, have our own stuff and we want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> never know who's listening. Epic. Shout out to you guys if you are. We'll see what's up. But for the most part, Panda, as we get out of here, let the people at home know where they can find you, man. Absolutely. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at LifeWPanda. You can find me on YouTube and Twitch at LifeWithPanda. NA West Watch Party starting matching broadcast day so if there's a broadcast for fncs there's an na west watch party immediately after for the west community we're doing some big things got clay lash involved gonna have some other special guest casters come in and out we're gonna have analyst segments we're gonna have player profiles player interviews like the works so we're gonna be taking good care of the na west community and even if you're not part of the na west community you're a fortnite fan you want to just come enjoy twitch.tv force us life with panda on those days I'll be hosting it. We'll be having a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Thanks. That's awesome. And SPG? Yeah, let's go. Make sure to go support Panda and the boys doing a little West Watch Party. Uh, somebody's got on all platforms. And if you guys want to listen to some pro player and other people in the space stories, it's the FN story. I think we're just on Spotify, Google, and Amazon right now. Uh, still working on those other ones like this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And hopefully you uh, drop that video form too. Like, think about what Brand Risk did. Like, those videos, when you have those features, like, they can pop on YouTube. And that's a route for revenue, easy revenue, if you get monetized. So, go down that route. No doubt about it. Okay. But, looking beyond that, guys, hope you all enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to send all your complaints to me at MonsterDFace at Gmail. I did it again. I got to stop using MonsterDFace Gmail at FortnitePodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. I wear too many hats, guys. Uh, love you all. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, feel free to download any of our other episodes. Plenty of stuff going down here. Um, we have cool stuff happening this week. League Cup followed by an undisclosed, unannounced uh, partner for a $100,000 zero build tournament, which we'll be re releasing our influencer list soon, hopefully. Just waiting on the final dots there. But cool things in the works for us as always. So don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.